Lord God, we just thank you for your word and that by your spirit, by your word, you are always speaking. So help us to be listening. Help us to prepare our hearts and minds to receive whatever it is you have to say to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a really cool introduction, but I'm not sure it's got anything to do with my sermon, so I'll change it. Um, do you want to hear it? I'm not sure I've got time for it. It's fun. Once upon a time, a perfect... Well, I have used it before, I think. A perfect man and a perfect woman met. After a perfect courtship, they had a perfect wedding. Their life together was, of course, perfect. One snowy, stormy Christmas Eve, the perfect couple was driving their perfect car along a winding road when they noticed someone at the side of the road in distress. Being the perfect couple, they stopped to help. There stood Santa Claus with a huge bundle of toys. Not wanting to disappoint any children on the eve of Christmas, the perfect couple loaded Santa into his, and his toys into their vehicle. Soon they were driving along and delivering the toys. Unfortunately, the driving conditions deteriorated and the perfect couple and Santa Claus had an accident. Only one of them survived the accident. Who was the survivor? The perfect woman survived. She was the only one who really existed in the first place. How funny is that, eh? I think how it relates to my sermon is I was trying to say that we, we, um, we want everything to be perfect, hey? We live in this world where we just want everything to be perfect. And... Um, we want it, and, and we want it for the least. Like Melissa said, she likes a lot of bang for her buck. She really does, right? Um, she really does. And, um, but we often like that. Hey, how often have you sat in the McDonald's drive-thru and gone, oh, hurry up. And man, that is the fastest food you're ever going to get. <laughs> how fast do you want it to be? <laughs> you ever stood at the microwave and gone, hurry up. What they do when, you know, like you didn't have to go get wood, you didn't have to start a fire, you didn't, it's a microwave, seriously. It doesn't get any faster than that. And so we like this instant kind of, you know, thing. Um, this morning I want to talk about the lepers. I don't know if you know about the story of the lepers. There's these ten lepers and they came to Jesus and they asked, cried out to him for healing. Now in those days lepers were seen as outcasts. And um, I mean, leprosy is still in our world today, but they realize it's a bacterial thing. And, you know, you can lose limbs, you lose feeling in your extremities and lose your toes and fingers, horrible thing. Um, and there is cure for it today, which is wonderful. But in Jesus' day, um, they saw it as a, a curse and people were outcasts. And they, so they, these people saying, hey, Jesus. Um, and Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, these 10 guys were healed. Um, but only one of them come back to thank Jesus. And this morning, I just want to go through that story and kind of help us to maybe take some stock of what God's done for us. And if we haven't already, sit in a place of gratitude to see what are we doing for him. Because the context of this sermon is probably in, I've been thinking about belonging. Like, the whole world talks about belonging today, not just the church. But what does it mean to belong? And I think to belong means we have to connect. But what I understand about connection is it doesn't seem to work one way. Have you noticed that? 
Like I might go to McDonald's and I might get a really good burger. Right? Good price burger, sorry. <laughs> but I don't feel any connection to the lady serving me through the window, do I? I get what I want, but I don't actually get any sense of belonging. And so I want us to investigate what does it take for us to get a sense of connection and belonging? And how can we learn that from this story? So, my first point this morning, and you've got some um, sheets there if you want to follow them. Everyone wants their needs met. Is that true? I want my needs met. Absolutely. And so, so did these guys, understandably. And so, as Jesus was going to a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, because that's what they had to do. And they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I love the language there, right? Jesus, Master. Interesting language. We'll see how many of them were authentic in their use of the word master when we get to my third point. All ten of the lepers cried out. They were desperate. Obviously, they knew Jesus could heal and they cried out to him. We understand that leprosy is not a nice thing and particularly in Jesus' day, it caused you to be isolated. You think about isolation and COVID. Leprosy didn't go away for these people. So they, were, they had leper kind of colonies and they weren't allowed to mix with people at all. Because everyone had the fear of catching this disease. So all ten um, got the first step of connection right. They cried out for help. It's okay to cry out for help, right? And I think God wants us to cry out for help. Um, so that's the right thing to do. None, none of the ten guys did the wrong thing. They all cried out for help and said, hey, we got it. You know, they had a valid need. And I spent a lot of years in ministry telling people, hey, your needs are valid. Because often we go, oh, well, I'm okay. When we're not. So it's okay to identify our needs and to ask them to be met. That's actually a right thing to do and God wants us to do that. Um, I want to just do a kind of parallel, if that's okay, um, um, with my relationship with Melissa. Um, I had probably five years where I was single between the ages of 22 and 27, roughly. Um, and I had a need for companionship. And um, I took that need to God. And um, after hanging out with Melissa's friends, realized I actually had feelings for her. Um, then I actually had to do something about that. So I went and saw her one night, freaked her out completely, because she actually liked me and she'd never told me. And she thought I would never... You know, she'd waited a long time because I'm pretty slow, right? And so she kind of knew at least a year before me um, that something might happen. And so when I finally showed up and said, I have feelings for you, she went, That's all right. By the next morning, she was okay. So I did that, right? And the next morning, I was about to drive, you know, drop a bombshell and then run. That's what I do. And so I was about to go to out training in Lismore. And so the night before, I just, I'd had this conviction, you know, I need to get honest and be real, and so I did that. And then the next morning, as I was about to leave, she'd left a card. Well, she gave me a card the next morning, said, I love you too. And so I drove, put that on my dashboard and drove all the way to Lismore, going, this is a good day. The sky was blue and the grass was green. And anyway, you get the picture, right? <laughs> so I, I identified my need, I expressed it to God. Okay, um, my second point this morning is many respond enough to have their needs met. 
So probably going back to male stress, I needed to do something, right? So Jesus said to these guys, and when he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. This was an act of faith. Jesus was saying, do these guys really believe? Do they really have faith? Go do this. And it says here, as they went, they were cleansed. All 10 men got the next step right as well. Jesus told them to go, see the priest, and they all obeyed. And they, because they obeyed, they were healed. And we read, as they went, they were cleansed. When required to God, he often responds, I think almost always, in different ways, by giving us a step of faith. Okay? We say, God, I need this. And he'll normally give us some step of faith to take. It might be to wait. It might be to talk to someone. It might be to do something or give something. But he gives us some step of faith, usually. So all ten men said it's a good example, and they obeyed Jesus and taking the step of faith that he gave them to take, and therefore all ten were healed. To take my illustration further, my ten weeks in Lismore was awesome. Because Melissa had a friend up there. And we're in the training college, right? I think I've told some of this story before. But um, me and the Salvation Army Training College, you're trying to do a relationship. It's like trying to do a relationship in a fishbowl. And I think that's unhelpful. Because what if we, t- we decided we didn't like each other or we liked each other but not that much? And then it gets all awkward. So Melissa would come up and visit her friend in Lismore, unbeknownst to everyone. And we would go out on the weekends, had our first date at the Bellowing Bull Showed her I could eat a lamb shake all by myself. (laughs) Just took the relationship to a whole new level. (laughs) She was so impressed. And um, but I remember we, you know, we went out. I'd never been to Lennox Head or Ballina or Byron Bay, and we went, you know, had spent this day. And again, it was just, you know, that honeymoon kind of phase before the relationship, and it was just amazing. And so, you know, I did this thing the lepers did in a sense. expressed my need, I got it met, and I enjoyed some healing. I wasn't feeling lonely anymore. Does that make sense? I got my healing for my loneliness. But then what do we do after that? Because in a consumer society, we show up to the shop, we give our money, we get what we want, and we leave. I'm good now, thanks. My third point this morning is some experience a change of heart and therefore genuine relationship. Luke 17, 15 and 19 from the message says this, one of them, one of them. Disappointing, isn't it? What if Jesus, I think Jesus was disappointed that day because he actually said something. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back shouting his gratitude. Glorifying God, he kneeled. Worship right there. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank him enough. And here's a Samaritan, which, you know, the Samaritans weren't Jews, and so they weren't even looking for Jesus in a sense. And, you know, from the Jews' point of view, the Samaritans didn't get it. Well, this guy got it better than half the Jews did. Jesus said, were not, here's his question, right? Here's Jesus' question. Sometimes... We forget Jesus has feelings too. The heart of God gets grieved, people. When we get what we want, and then we go and do whatever we want. 
and forget about him. He said, were not all ten healed? Fair question, Jesus. Fair question. Where are the nine? (laughs) Man, God's been asking that question for centuries. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has... Now this is a message translation, but it really reveals what this passage is saying, right? Your faith has healed you and saved you. And what the Bible commentators say was this was the one guy that not only got his body healed, but his heart healed. Does that make sense? When we realize what God's done for us, when we really get it, what he's done, our heart changes. And then out of that, we can't help but worship or serve or follow or obey. So playing it backwards, if we're struggling to obey, if we're struggling to serve, if we're struggling to be grateful, I really question whether we've seen what he's done for us. I think I can cut it short there. Actually, no, I need to finish my illustration, don't I? As enjoyable as a courting phase in Lismore and up the north coast was, our relationship was really quite superficial at that point in time. It's nice, but superficial. After over 20 years of marriage, we both made choices and paid the price to have a deeper relationship. Do you want to pay the price to have a deeper relationship with Jesus? I don't know. Do you? Me and Melissa have endured trials together. We've worked through hard issues together. We both paid a price, which means we both enjoy a stronger, deeper, more secure relationship than we did at Lennox Head. I want to ask you this morning, what kind of relationship do you want with Jesus? I don't know, but last time I visited a vending machine, it was only Friday night. It wasn't that warm a relationship. God's not a vending machine, friends. And you know what? He'll always give to you because that's his nature. We ask and he will give. So on the back of your seats, on the back of your seats, just kidding, on the back of your sheets, hey, I'm the guy with the speech impediment. I know why I'm preaching. Um... On, your, on the back of your sheets is a list. I haven't got one. Can you grab one and give it to me? If there's one there somewhere. Anyone? 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 Thank you. Thanks, Nate. Nice socks. <laughs> so this is what I want our appeal time to be, right? Because I just think this is helpful. When I stop, I just don't think, I think the, the devil's greatest strategy is to get us running around like chooks with our heads cut off so that we forget and don't take time to stop and reflect what God has given us. 
God has blessed my life insanely. I, you know, some of you have heard this story. When, when I was 27, and I think before I'd even expressed my feelings towards Melissa, so I was a single guy, right? I was in this meeting, and one of these horrible people that get in touch with your emotions put all these pictures on the ground for a meeting we were having. And they said, walk around and pick a, a picture that resonates with you and then come and share it in the group. So the only picture that really resonated with me was this picture of a man with a little baby in his arms. And then you've got to share about the picture. See, I've always been the guy that likes sharing about my emotions, just if you're wondering, right? So at 27 years of age, we're sharing in this group at the training college, and I said, I'm, I, have a, I have a deep desire for it to have a little girl. I was 27. I wasn't in a relationship. Didn't even know if I was going to get married. What do you do with that desire? And God gives me four. How good is God, right? I worked for the Salvation Army. Always had a desire to own a house. Never thought it would ever happen, right? God sets us up with this little department of housing house that was for sale. Amazing bargain price back in 2010. And all the things lined up, including the right information, right support, right? I gave up. I could have had a house when I was like 30. I was, used to be an electrician. I could have the, I, the apprentice below me was paying off a house last time I went to be an electrician. So when I followed God to serve the Salvation Army, I thought I'll probably never have a house. But God gave me a house. Does that make sense? God is no man's debtor, which means he can out... You know, I challenge you. He can outgive you. He will outgive you. But you need to take your step of faith. You need to, what, what's the last thing God said to you that you didn't do? Because the whole thing stops right there and becomes stinky and stagnant. And suddenly, and you know what, God, this is the scary part, right? I'm going to go there today. This is the scary part. If we disobey God, we actually bring a spiritual blindness over our own eyes. And then we don't even know that we're lost. That freaks me out. And it's one of the reasons I obey God. Because I want more revelation, not less. Does that make sense? So I invite the band up. And really what I want you to do, because this is not a have to, right? This is a, what happens is, if we spend enough time reflecting on the money God's given us, the relationships God's given us, the opportunities God's given us, we can't help but become grateful. We can't help but have a heart change. We can't help but experience deeper relationship with God. So I don't know where you're at today. Okay? I have no idea. And I don't want to presume to know. So there may be those today who are like the lepers before they came to Jesus and said, hey, I just got a need. Well, then I invite you to come and bring your need to Jesus and I guarantee he'll meet it. There may be others, you know, who God's told you to do something and you go, oh, well, no, have you got another option, God? And he just goes, I'm not even sure he answers that question. He treats it with the contempt it deserves. So if he's told you to do something, I guarantee if you do it, your miracle will come. But you've got to do the step of faith thing, right? 
And now for those in the room who may have experienced like me, miracle after miracle, provision after provision, hey, it's time to reflect on how good God's been to you. And I guarantee that will take you to a rich, deep relationship with Him where suddenly obeying's not going to be an issue. Serving's not going to be an issue. Giving's not going to be an issue because you're so madly in love with this amazing God who's been so good to you that the rest just becomes easy. I was having a conversation with my dad a number of years ago and I said, Dad, I feel like the only cost of discipleship for me is being a thousand kilometres away from you and mum. And you know what my dad said? He said, oh, that's not even a cost. Because he understood how good God is. That whatever we give up is so much worth it. So whatever rubbish you're holding on to, your opinion, your thought, your bitterness, whatever it is, I guarantee you, it's so worth laying that down today and experiencing the power and the love of a God who's always faithful, always giving, always forgiving and always gracious. So let's do business with Him today. Let's worship Him. Let's respond to Him. Write on the sheets if that helps you. Because it helps me. I do that often. I write down all the things God's done for me. It's amazing what God's done for me and continues to do for me as I just walk faithfully with Him. Let's worship Him today. Let's respond appropriately to Him today. And right on the bottom section of the sheet, what are you going to give to Him? This is what He really wants, right? More than your money, more than your time. He wants your heart. He wants your life. And when we give Him that, everything changes for the better. I invite you to come this morning. Pray, do business with God. Wrestle this through. Reflect and worship in Jesus' name.